Stacey! Wow, that was amazing. Hello. Been practising all week. With your flamencos? With me flamenco shoes, with me kitten heels. That is brilliant. If only this was a video podcast. Thank God it's not. Because <laughs> I have to tell you now, it sounded amazing, but I was actually sitting down while I was doing it. Well, you know, they could do... <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say they could do flamenco dancing in the Paralympics. Wheelchair flamenco dancing. I'm gonna, I'm going to start it. You're going to be world champion. I'm going to be wheelie famous. <laughs> Does the Olympic dancing exist? I don't think they do a dancing in the Olympics, just gymnastics. Oh, all right then. So we're going to put that in then. Any Everybody who wants now flamenco dancing in the Paralympics. We'll make a petition. Yeah. Right then, so uh, shoes it is. Shall we get going? Yeah, I've only got socks on. <laughs> You've only got socks on. Obviously, I've got my flamencos on. Well, slip your shoes off. Let's get comfy and let's talk about shoes. shoes. Coming from Reading, it's Stacey, your host. While mum's with flamingos on the Spanish coast. You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs. Making a podcast called Rough Giraffe. What do you know about shoes? I know that people wear them <gasps> and animals don't. Apart from horses. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of if any animals wore shoes. I never thought of horses. <laughs> oh, bless them. Do you think on days out they have like a little, a little strappy number? A small heel. Yeah. So let's have a think. Let's go back to the beginning. Doodaloo, doodaloo, doodaloo. Is that it? Where's the beginning? I think the beginning has got to be even before 8000 BC. Oh, okay. In Oregon in the US. Did that exist 8000 years ago? Yeah, that's what I thought. Hmm. Sometimes I read these facts and I think, is that right? <laughs> so... Maybe in the place where Oregon is now, 8,000 years ago. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, they're made of sage bark and they're sandals. Obviously, sandals are going to be the first shoe, piece of footwear. Yes, because you can just get a bit of wood and strap some grass to it to keep it on your foot. I think footwear just develops like most things do. Uh, It will depend on the climate. Yeah. And what you've got there. I suppose so. So a sandal that would be um, a bit like a flip-flop. Yeah. That seems to have been found just about everywhere. Yes, yeah, they had them in Egypt and Africa, India. Yeah, no, so they were just made of different things in... Uh, Egypt, they were made of papyrus, I think. Yeah. And in India, they made them out of wood. Yeah, they have, like, wooden platforms with a knob on them. This isn't that podcast. (laughs) It's not a dorset knob. Oh, okay. It's just like a little wooden knob that you put your pigeon on your toes. Do you like my dorset knob flip-flops? Knob feet. Yeah, so we've got either... Little sandals or nothing. 
because I'm guessing they didn't really hold much stay to actually wearing anything on your feet at all. No, I'm sure in some places it was faster, easier to be barefoot. The marathon runners ran barefoot, didn't they? Yes. In Africa, they run bare feet, and some of the now marathon runners find it difficult to wear shoes. Do they have to wear shoes? I don't know what the rules are. I would think they would. There was Zola Bud who ran barefoot. Okay. She was South African. She was a long-distance runner, I think. Well, Sandy Shaw didn't wear feet, and she won a (laughs) Eurovision... She didn't wear feet? No, she won the Eurovision (laughs) Song Contest. I think she didn't wear shoes. I think she did wear feet. Oh, well, you know what I mean. (laughs) So the oldest leather shoe... Yeah. That's about 5,000 years old. Yeah. And that was found in Armenia. Yeah. And that was just one piece of cowhide with laces to pull it all together, like putting a bag round your foot and pulling a drawstring round your ankles. And I read that they stuffed them with grass to keep your feet warm. Yes, and if they needed to be kept warm. Otzi, the ice man. Yes. He had shoes, and it's the first time they found shoes that had a top panel and a sole put into the bottom yeah that was about 1800 bc they think oh okay then quite soon after i think comes moccasin type shoes Mm. and in the cold mookluks i love that word what's mookluks mookluks uh would be inuit or it's what they used to be called eskimo boots oh what are they made of there's two different types. Yeah. You've got your mook wet and your mook dry. Okay. Okay, so if you want your mook wet, yeah. that's made of seal. Do you want your mook wet? Is that a kiss from a rose on a hill? <laughs> yeah, right. It's made from seal. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if it's a mook dry, that's made from caribou. Or reindeer to you. And to you? Caribou. Caribou. So for wellies, you have seals. And for on the land, just a bit of reindeer. Yeah, so the mookluk dry is really for like the summer, but it's still cold. Yeah. But then you've got a mookluk dry winter version. Yes. Which is, uh, it's got a a leather sock. That goes on first, and then you put your boot on. Okay. Because you don't really want to put your foot into an animal, do you? I don't think people have the same idea then. And then moccasins were made of bison hide. Bison hide? Yeah. Well, I I don't think they could make mookluks out of bison. There wasn't a lot of bison. Not in the igloos. In the Greenlands. And there weren't a lot of seals in the North American prairies. Too dry. Well, yeah, it got in his throat, couldn't sing. The next stop will be Rough Giraffe. What's next on the list, Stacey? Um, 1960s? Oh, no, I've got (laughs) stuff in between that. (laughs) (laughs) What about medieval times? 
So in the medievals, yeah, that would be patterns. P-A-T-T-E-N-S, patterns. What's that? Well, that is, I think, like your first high-heeled shoe. Okay. Are they starting to want to stay out of the mud? It is for keeping out of poo. Mm. It's a lot of poo. More people, more poo. There are indeed. And then they've got a carved heel and sole. Yeah. And a leather top. Okay. And then in the 16th century, there was some very short royalty. Oh, okay. So they wore them and made them even taller to make themselves taller. And then I suppose, do people copy the royal fashion? They did. Then all the men had to wear the heels. I don't know where that ends because then they're all taller than the king anyway. (laughs) And then he wears taller ones and they're all going round on stilts. In the end, they all end up like Elton John. (laughs) I wanted to know why kitten heels were called kitten heels. Do you know the answer? No, I don't. Do you know why Mary Janes are called Mary Janes? No, I don't know that either. Is it because they're named after somebody called Mary Jane? Yes, but not a real person. It comes from the shoes that were worn by Mary Jane, who's a character from the Buster Brown comic strip. Uh, which first appeared in the New York Herald in 1902. Ah. And little girls wanted them. So they called them Mary Janes. So for anyone who doesn't know, Mary Janes are kind of those... I love them. I I have a pair of Mary Jane Dr. Martins in red. They're my favourite shoes. Yeah, they, they were nice. With a rounded toe and a strap across... Like your party shoes when you was little. I can imagine these would have been quite easy shoes to draw. That's why they'd be on a cartoon. But then little girls were like, I want those shoes. So they made them in real life. And still making them now. And still making them now. Shirley Temple used to wear them. She made them very popular. Mary Quant made them popular in the 60s. Twiggy wore them. So, do we know why kitten heels... I'll call that then. It has to be because little cats wear them, but let me find out. I thought kittens wore mittens. They've got to wear something on their feet as well as their hands. Kitten heels were introduced in the late 1950s. They were designed for young adolescent girls because they weren't uh, deemed to be able to manage higher-heeled shoes. Right. They were sometimes referred to as trainer heels for training young women to walk walk in heels oh just that's an awful thing (laughs) now i mean it seems like it was normal then yes like a trainer bra exactly (laughs) trainer heels yeah because they were for young girls they were known as kitten heels because they're for young ladies all right then that's For kittens, not cats. For kittens and not cats. Do they have cat heels? I don't think so. So you've got stiletto heels. Yes, they're vicious, aren't they? Only if you'd stand on somebody. Well, it would be if I stood on somebody. (laughs) Alexander McQueen made a 10-inch heel. Yes. Known as an armadillo heel. Oh, why was it called that? I don't know. Armadillo. (laughs) They're not the heels that Naomi Campbell was wearing down the catwalk, are they? I don't know. It says that... So, they used to wear stilt 
type shoes in the 16th century. Mm. And the taller your heel, the richer you were. Yes. So the heels on some of them were so high that women needed servants to help them to walk. Uh. And then prostitutes started wearing them. Yes. And then the height became so high that people, women, would fall off their shoes and die. They deserve it. I'm sorry. <laughs> there are at least 11 recorded cases of women f- women falling... Women? <laughs> women. There are... Women. There are at least 11 recorded cases of women falling to their death off their shoes. Oh, idiots. In 2010, Alexander McQueen made a 10-inch heel. Yes. Known as the armadillo heel. Right. And it was to be worn, I think, at the fashion show, at the Paris show. Yes. And the models all refused to wear them. Rightly so, they break their neck. They fall to their death. If they fall off the catwalk, that's not just falling off your high heels. Do you fall off your catwalk in your kitten heels? (laughs) No, they only let cats on the catwalk. Okay. These are not kittens in training. Or kittens in trainers. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for... Uh, Rough... Rough... Rough giraffe... Do you know what's the difference between a shoemaker and a cobbler? Oh, I'm going to guess that a shoemaker makes shoes and a cobbler repairs them. Uh, well, you're you're right, but a cobbler can also make shoes. Oh, okay, but a shoemaker can't repair them? No, a shoemaker only uses new leather. Ah, okay. A cobbler can repair shoes and make them. But a shoemaker only makes new shoes. New shoes? Big issue. Big issue. Big issue. Big issue. People don't really look after their shoes anymore, though. I've polished mine today, but only because of me doing the flamenco dancing. (laughs) And uh, I do polish my shoes, but I do let them get into a bit of a... I don't take them to the repairers anymore. One of my bosses said she was taking her shoes to the cobblers and we all laughed. Oh, bless her. Because it sounded, it sounded so fashion. It's just archaic now. People still do get their shoes repaired, but it just made us laugh because we imagined her going down some little medieval village. What that means now is that we're also... Ugh, that we don't have any decent shoes that are worth mending. Oh, no, if my shoes get messed up i'll just chuck them do you know how we get shoe sizes no and i actually i thought about it and i have no idea shoe size is based on the measurement of the barley corn is it so literally a piece of barley three barley corns equals one inch roughly right so shoes are basically measured in the length of barley corns, but we here say each number represents three barley corns for us. So a size 13 is 13 inches, essentially. And in Europe, they use each individual barley corn. So... Okay, but how did the Europe... How I'm a size 8 or a size 42? 
Okay. So where's the 42 come from? Okay. In Europe, France, Italy, Germany and Spain, they use Paris points in their shoe sizes. This is equivalent to two-thirds of a centimetre. My God, this is so complicated. (laughs) (laughs) So your shoe size is how many two-thirds of a centimetre length the shoe is. I mean, the barley corn measurements were confusing me. Now these Paris points is just... Okay. Shoe sizes are crazy measurements. They don't they don't equate to normal measurements. It's all the size of a barley corn or two thirds of a centimetre. So in China and Japan, how are the shoes measured? Because they have a different shoe size as well. Asian countries use the metric system when measuring shoe size. Right. And they take into account the foot length measured in centimetres. So that is slightly different again. Yes, but there's also a five millimeter increase for every size and girth. Uh. <laughs> you know when you go into a shoe shop and they just randomly try shoes on. You can't go into a shoe shop and ask for forty-two barley corns. They'd be huge, wouldn't they, or would they be small? Uh, a barley corn is a third of an inch. Uh, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> Okay. So we've done the barley corns. Yes. Maybe that's where corns come from when like, you wear bad fitting shoes. Oh my god, look at me barley corns. <laughs> oh. Oh, you you're wearing shoes two barley corns too small. That's why you've got them. That's it. It's enough of that. Tell me something else. Do you know how the word sabotage is related to shoes? Ah, oh, sabot is French. Sabot. Yeah. S-A-B-O-T. Sabot. But how that relates to actually to shoes, I do not know. There is a French type of clog, which is called sabot, sabot. Yeah, sabot, yeah. Way back when, when factory workers were upset, they would hit their machinery with their wooden clogs and break up the machinery. And therefore, this is called sabotage. That's a brilliant fact. I love those completely useless, brilliant facts. Do you want me to tell you another one? Yes, please. Did you know Neil Armstrong didn't bring his moon boots back from the moon? Why not? He just chucked them out the window. What, with the ants? With the ants. He was worried that they might be contaminated, so he got rid of them. Where are they? No one knows. Floating around in space. (gasps) We could go and find them. We could sell them on eBay. The hunt for Neil Armstrong's boots. One day, because it's space, right? Yeah. So there's nothing out there, is there? No, other than planets and people, no. There's not going to be anybody going around nicking shoes, are there? No. So that means they'll be there somewhere. They'll be there. They're there to find if you know where to look. Because all your shouts are there. All your shouts? All your shouts. What does that mean? You know, like when you sing a song. Yes. Or you talk. Yes. You know this podcast. Yes. Well, that noise has to go somewhere, doesn't it? That's all in space. I think it goes up into the sky forever. Yeah. And then you can hear it somewhere else. So there could be 
a life form on a, on another planet listening to this. Yeah. Oh, poor thing. But not yet. They'll only be on series one at the minute. Oh, right. Okay. Well, shout out to Zorg the Seventh. Why are you giving somebody that lives on another planet a space name like Zorg? <laughs> it's the first thing that came to my head. Let's have a shout out for Nigel on Alpha Centauri 5. Loving your work. Love the shoes. Love the shoes, Nigel. Just wait, Nigel. We've got some brilliant stuff coming up. <laughs> I am dead while you're listening to this. Nigel, subscribe to our Patreon page. <laughs> uh, thank you for all the people that have subscribed to our Patreon page. I've almost got enough for a cup of coffee. <laughs> but could you let us know what you think of the extra content and all the other rubbish that we're giving you? Can you let us know what you think? Yeah, if you don't want it, send it back. For our Patreon subscribers this time, we've got a shoe-related music quiz. Yeah, so if you head on over to the Patreon page now, you will find that. I know you're so excited you're going to be getting over there now, but listen to the rest of the show first. Yeah, I mean, while you're listening, you can subscribe, and then when you've finished, you, then you can listen to the quiz. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to do a quiz, just for fun, obviously, but a quiz for each time we do an episode. That'd be good. Speaking of uh, Moon Boots, Bridget, our number one fan on Facebook. <laughs> Sorry to all our other number one fans. <laughs> Hello, Bridget, Stacey's number one fan on Facebook. I've got Dee and Michelle, Victoria, the list goes on. Emma. Emma, yeah, and Poppy. Yeah. Uh, Bridget has the cat Amy May. Aha. Okay. Victoria has Misty. Bridget says she's going to turn your Amy May song into a ringtone. (laughs) Amy May. Amy May. Amy May. Amy May. Hey, Amy May. Amy May. Amy May. Amy May. Amy May. So um, I just sang the Amy May song there. It'll be on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to get it back. (laughs) Bridget said when she was between seven and ten years old, this was during the Apollo space program, and she really wanted moon boots. Okay. And Where does she live? In a desert. Okay. I did not know what moon boots were, but I looked it up and they're like thick snowshoes. They are. <laughs> With lots of padding. Yeah, so she wanted big fat snowshoe moon boots in the middle of the desert. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You got something to say? Then say it here. Email us at roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com Twitter at roughgiraffepod Instagram at roughgiraffepodcast Search us on Facebook for Rough Giraffe Subscribe and review us on iTunes and Podbean Thanks How long do you think the longest clown shoes are? Are these shoes that somebody's actually worn? Yes are they a 94 barleycorns? 
I didn't measure them in barley corns. Well, you should have done. That is that is the correct shoe measurement now. Uh, I don't know, in inches or centimetres? In UK size? A size 22. The largest clown boots were worn by Coco in Latvia in 1929 and they were a UK size 58. Wow. So I don't know how he managed to walk in them because that's that's ridiculous. What about traditions surrounding shoes? What sort of traditions? Let's try wedding shoes. Okay. Did you get any shoes for your wedding? No. My feet were swollen. I was pregnant with your brother. <laughs> I was just waiting for a sit down and a shandy. <laughs> so, in Hungary, yes. the groom drinks a toast to the bride out of her wedding shoe. Now, it's a good job your dad didn't have to drink a toast to me out of mine. <laughs> oh, I tell you, that champagne would have been flat. So they have to make sure they're not wearing a, like a peep-toe shoe for the wedding. Oh, yeah, never thought of that. Now, in China, yeah, the bride's shoe is tossed off the roof. Oh. And the shoe must be red. Okay. And that is to give the couple good luck in their marriage. The father of the bride in the Middle Ages, Mm. would give the groom a pair of shoes. Okay. Which gave the man authority over his daughter. Oh. So the father would give the groom-to-be a pair of shoes, not his shoes, a pair of the bride's shoes, (laughs) and he would take them to the wedding. He had to wear them? I don't think so. (laughs) They're both... Both tottering down the aisle in their kitten heels. So the bride would put the shoes on to show that she was now the groom's possession. Okay. So if you place shoes on the top of a table, it's supposed to be symbolic of death. Oh, yeah. People are really funny about putting shoes on on the top of counters and on tables. Owen hates it. Now, do you know where it's come from? No, where? So, the superstition comes from the times of hanging, in which convicted prisoners were hanged with their shoes still on. And on letting loose the noose, as they say... Let loose the noose. There's a noose loose about this hoose. If their shoes tapped the surface of the wood... Yes. I mean, it associated with death. They were hanging them. I don't really know. They thought it was bad luck. <laughs> I think I think the rope around their neck was a bad luck, not the shoes. If their shoes tapped the surface of the wood, yeah, that was bad luck. <laughs> I I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh, but the but gradually that association was translated to tabletops. <laughs> On average. Women have 19 pairs of shoes. Oh, well, we did a poll to see how many pairs of shoes our listeners have. How many pairs of shoes have you got? Seven. Seven. And I've got slippers, do they count? And I've got flip-flops. Yeah. So that would be nine. Is that because you chucked a load out when you moved to Spain? That is right. I was only allowed to bring so many pairs with me. How many have you bought, what, since you've been there? 
and one of those was slippers and the other one was socks with rubber bits on the bottom. To stop you slipping? Yeah. So you got slippers and non-slippers? Yeah. <laughs> I found the slippers were just a bit too slippy. I, I've actually got a tip for you. Yeah. I got a glue gun and put some blobs on the bottom of my slippers. Yeah. And now they stick on, but they don't stick to the floor. Oh, that's good. I think if you've got new socks, you could probably put blobs on the bottom. Yeah. And then they just set into the fabric and you can wash them. They don't work. Two blobs have dropped off. Well, that's not bad. But I have been wearing them quite a lot. You can always re-blob. I, that's what I thought. From our listeners, I asked them how many pairs of shoes they have. Most people have between six and ten pairs of shoes. I'm just about average then. Yeah. So Owen has five pairs of shoes. He thinks you just need a pair of brown ones, a pair of black ones, scruffy ones for the garden, smart trainers for running, and he doesn't really agree with that fifth pair that he's got. (laughs) (laughs) He he thinks that's a bit extravagant, but he does have a second pair of trainers. Okay. What about you? Oh, I've got loads. I must have about 30 pairs. Most of them in the attic, just in storage. I don't wear them, but I can't chuck them out. Why not? I just think I might I might need them. I basically wear trainers to run to work. I wear my black kitten heels at work. I wear trainers to run back and in the house I don't wear anything. I have a sloppy pair of shoes to scoot out to the compost bin and I've got a proper pair of trainers, a pair of Converse for going out of the house at weekends. I don't know why I've got all the other shoes. Our friend Andy, Andy from Dredgeland podcast, he's got 17 pairs of shoes. Well, I think he needs to have a word with Owen. Oh, no, I'm going to correct that. He's got 17 pairs of football boots. Oh, goodness. And 13 other pairs of shoes. That's that's bonkers. Men must have worn shoes before women did. Yes. Because they would have made them for themselves, wouldn't they, when they went out? Yes. So I'm wondering, did anybody have like a collection of them in their cave? (laughs) Yeah, who was the first shoe collector? (laughs) Hey there, who's that? What's the name of the wonky cat? He'll look twice than any cat around. Kipper, hey, that's Kipper. Hey, that's Kipper, the wonky Kipper wear shoes. <laughs> I tell you what, why don't we let Kipper come in and you have to guess what type of shoes he's wearing. Okay, come on then. All right, Kipper, in you come. Oh, no. Puss in boots, didn't think of that. <laughs> shoes of Spanish leather. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Kipper, hello you. Hey, Kips, how you doing? <laughs> Do you like wearing shoes? <laughs> of course not he has been running around outside because it's been snowing here okay it's been really muddy and he's just been bringing mud back into the house there's just cat footprints everywhere we have a question for kipper 
We always have a question for Kipper. No, nobody ever asks us a question. No, but, but that's because Kipper's here to answer questions. That's how we've set up the podcast. Oh yeah, okay. So we have a question from the More Gooder Than podcast, which is a good podcast. I enjoy that one. It's about movies. Kipper, <coughs> if you had to recommend one snack available only in the UK to an American, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. <coughs> So, Kipper, you can go first. <laughs> you can't say dreamies. No, why? <laughs> well, I think they have dreamies in America. Kipper, you've got to pick. I think he's hoping you'll pick something not cat related. <laughs> no, not cheese. They've got cheese. Although, I was going to say they've got cheese in America. They haven't got real cheese in America. They don't know what cheese is. Is that is that what you're going to recommend, Kipper? A good, a good strong cheddar? <laughs> That's what Kipper likes to snack on. What about you, Mum? Uh, scampi fries. Do you miss scampi fries? I do miss scampi fries. Explain what they are for our American listeners. They're a completely inedible <laughs> cat food smelling. They taste like some fish-related product that's crunchy. Yeah, they're like lemony, fishy crunch. I like just sucking the dust off and then spitting them out. <laughs> it's disgusting. I just suck off the fish dust and we're done. <laughs> A snack. Twiglets. That would get somebody's mind boggled, wouldn't it? Twiglets are just sticks that are dipped in Marmite. <laughs> now, if anyone's watched the Mr Bean episode from way back when, he did make Twiglets by just dipping sticks in Marmite. Is that right? Yes. Is that right? Oh, right. Well, in that case, then that is what they are. <laughs> I don't like Marmite as a as a rule. I don't like Marmite itself, but I don't mind Marmite-flavoured things. But I think that's because they dilute the taste slightly, so it's not so disgusting. What about you? Oh, no. I do like Watsits. I don't think they have those. I love Watsits. I really like flaming hot Watsits. Have you ever had the hot Watsits? <gasps> no. They're delicious. When you come to Spain, bring me hot Watsits. <laughs> I'll see if I can get you. They're usually limited edition, but I'll see if I can get you hot Watts. Hot Watts. Hot Watts. <laughs> hot Sit Watsits. Uh, yeah, Watsits, um, a bit like Cheetos, but a nicer cheese flavour and they don't feel like they're killing you whilst you eat them. So that's what I'd say. Yeah, thank you for that. Here it is, the unrelated news with Stacey. Do you want to hear some unrelated news? Can we have some unrelated news, Stacey? Today's headline is Woman marrying her duvet reveals details of lavish wedding ceremony. Lavish? Lavish. Lavish. Lavish as in La- washing. Lavage. 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 I was thinking. No, lavish. <laughs> lavish as in fancy. Fancy. Okay. A fancy duvet ceremony. So this is Pascal Selick. She's 49 and she has enlisted the help of a wedding planner to make sure that her marriage to her duvet goes perfectly. Uh, can I can I just butt in here? Yes. You know, I'm going to say something really funny. Okay. You know, for this wedding, yeah. Do you have to wear your posh togs? 
I've never used talk in a joke before. <laughs> That's a word for shoes, isn't it? <laughs> so, this woman is marrying her duvet as she claims it's the most intimate and reliable relationship she's ever had. She says, my duvet is the longest, strongest, most intimate and reliable relationship I've ever had. That's because it's always been there for me and gives me great hugs. Okay. I love my duvet so much, I would like to invite people to witness my union. In their, in their best togs. Yes. There'll be music, ceremony, laughs and entertainment. So Pascal will be wearing a nightgown, dressing gown and slippers for the big day. But she's... <laughs> She's keeping her husband-to-be's outfit a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a boy quilt then. Yeah, so... (laughs) What does she call him? Doesn't say. She's had a quilt made that looks like a little tuxedo, I bet. I bet she's got a tuxedo quilt. That would be pretty good. With a top hat pillow. The guests will also be wearing dressing gowns, pyjamas. I thought you were going to say also wearing duvets. Yeah, so she's, that's it. She's planning to get married on Valentine's Day. Good luck to you, love. Now, the thing is, you don't keep a duvet forever, do you? Well, you don't keep a husband forever either, do you? (laughs) To be fair. (laughs) You probably change your duvet about the same amount of times as you change your husband. When she goes to hotels and things, do you think she sleeps with other duvets? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and when she's angry with him, she just puts him in on a hot wash. She makes him sleep on the sofa. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. We could have a whole comedy series. Next episode is going to be just about duvets. Uh, Are any duvets listening? Get in touch. (laughs) So I'm going to leave you with ultocalcifilia. Oh, why would you do that? Because we're doing shoes. What does it mean? Well, ultocalcifilia is the fetish of high heels. Oh. So that's my word for today. Ultocalcifilia. Use it in a sentence today. Let's have a go. Let's send your (laughs) sentences in. The best one, we'll put on a badge if we can find a badge big enough. So, I think we've uh, kicked shoes out of the park. We kicked them out the door. Yeah. Well, you would do if you were in Japan. Why? Oh, you're not allowed to wear them inside. (laughs) No, you kick kick them out the door and change into a pair of slippers. Let's all snuggle into our slippers and uh, get on with the day, huh? I'm going back to me. Maybe some time. <laughs> Keep practising. The Paralympics are calling. Oh, OK. I'll just find a wheelchair. I don't think the wheelchair will get in the lift. Oh. don't need a wheelchair to be in the Paralympics. But I no, think I you would need one if you was flamenco dancing. If it was specifically wheelchair flamenco dancing. I think a static chair. Yeah. Flamenco dancing is maybe not as entertaining or... Well, I don't know. Shall I do it and then send you the video? Go on then. All right. Send, send us just your, your static chair flamenco dancing. I want to see videos of anybody listening dancing. I want to see your best dancing. Yeah, send them to the Facebook page. 
All right, should we go? Yeah, let's get out of here. What are we talking about next time? I think it's game shows. Oh, we're doing game shows. Game shows is our next episode. Come on down. You've spoilt it now. Oh, oh. have I lost? Have I, have I not had a nice time? We'll be talking about uh, everything to do with game shows, including the old woman who won the speedboat. <laughs> so uh, if you've got a favourite game show, let us know. Oh, and if you've been on a game show, <gasps> tell us what you want. Yes. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. All right, then speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. It's the end of the podcast. It is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad. With Mum in the villa and Stacy at home. Send us your stories on your smartphone. And then everybody won't feel so alone. The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more.